Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Victoria Popoff. She is the founder of Studio V Pilates and Fitness based in Modesto, California. How are you doing today, Victoria? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How's your day going so far? Great. I cannot complain. It's sunny and, you know, I'm alive, so these are good things. <laughs> you woke up on the green side of the grass. Yeah. <laughs> And sunshine is always a bonus. Sunshine, well, at least for us. I mean, you're in California. You have sunshine most of the time, but I do, but thrive off of it. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's jump right in, Victoria. You have been teaching Pilates and fitness for 22 years now, but you went to school for and graduated with an undergrad in communications and journalism. Fitness and Pilates is quite a different path from journalism and communication. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to pursue the field of communications and journalism to begin with? You know, in the beginning, I really thought I wanted to be a reporter, be on TV, cover events. And I really thought I wanted to work, you know, on E! and be with celebrities. And I did all this um, in undergrad. And I really, you know, I worked on a radio station. I did the newspaper thing. I loved writing. That was one of my big loves. And when I actually, I did go to work for E! as a freelance um, associate producer, it was not my favorite job. And I just saw the world differently. So kind of altered my path once I actually did that. And I was like, you know, I don't think I can uh, sustain this. Yeah. Once you got a taste for it. Yeah. Right. Was there anything in particular that just didn't sit with you or was it just a something overall or? I think the entire idea of celebrities and celebrating people who are just like us yeah, and then not being treated kindly was really hard for me because I'd never had really seen people, you know, talk down to other people just because they were famous. So I got to really see that side of it. And it really left a bad taste in my mouth, actually so bad. So that I never bought a magazine again. And I didn't watch TV again because I was like, you know what, I'm not going to support the um, idea that these people are celebrated so heavily when there's amazing people doing things in my own community. Why am I paying so much attention to these other people that aren't really nice? Yeah. Doing better things as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I mean, it's so funny how celebrity is so celebrated and it gets, these people get put on pedestals when, like you said, they are exactly like us. They just make more money. That's all. And a lot of them, um, you know, they're just not nice people. And I'm sure there's a lot of them that are great, but it left such a sour taste in my mouth for celebrities that, I refused to buy magazines that had them on it and, you know, watch reality TV. That's when reality TV was really kind of coming into, this is almost 20 years ago. Right. Reality TV was really coming into, 
you know, time. And I was mm-hmm. like, nope, I'm not going to watch this. I can't even do it because I know what's happening. As soon as the camera turns off, these people are not nice to the people that are working. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't stomach reality TV to begin yeah. with. It's, and it's don't just, get me wrong. I love movies and yeah. there's some things that I watch, but it was just that time frame of, you know, I'm going to really distance myself from things that don't leave me feeling good yeah. and don't give me any kind of like real content for my life. Makes sense. Yeah. So how and why did you get into fitness? You know, it's kind of always been a, p- a part of my life. And okay. then um, when I was 18, we had classified ads back then. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what those are now. but Yeah, not uh, now, you know, that's for sure. I had a lot of joy just going through the classified ads and reading, um, you know, people that wanted to hire people. So mm-hmm. I would go through there and one day I saw an ad for an aerobics instructor mm-hmm. and I just thought that would be really fun to do that. And I reached out and the woman that trained me and I was young, it was for a clinic that trained very obese people mm-hmm. how to live again, how to walk, how to in create endurance, stamina, Mm. how to eat. Um, So I got to work with a very special population of people and teach aerobics for them. And she trained me. She was like my first step of the fitness career for me. Okay. Now you started Studio V Pilates and Fitness almost Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, wasn't Pilates was a fairly new craze when you started your studio then, correct? When you say craze, yes. Pilates has been around for actually a really long time. A man named Joseph Pilates, he was a German man. He came over and it was his theory. He was in New York Mm -hmm. um, and he worked with professional ballerinas and dancers in the beginning. And slowly it started to take off and it hadn't become very popular. That is true. I don't even, there was one Pilates studio in my town at the time. Um, But, you know, somebody came into the gym that I worked at and they were like, hey, we have this, you know, new training. It's a whole weekend. So it was like 24 hours, you know, Uh over three days. And I thought, well, you know, it can't hurt to learn something new. I didn't really understand it, but I went through the training and it took a good solid year to like really learn what it was all about Uh and then put it into use with clients. When I really started to see changes, that's why the studio happened. Wow. So can you explain to us then, give us a a brief overview of what Pilates is? Yeah. And people usually ask, well, what the heck's different than yoga or Pilates? Right. So yoga usually has, uh, you know, there's a, there's a faith-based methodology behind yoga Mm -hmm. where Pilates is more on the rehab side. It was really used to um, help injured people regain their strength, their stamina, and become symmetrical again between both sides of the body. Uh, moving in all planes of motion. It's very functional. Um, What we use is called the Pilates reformer. Unfortunately, it kind of looks like a torture device when you first look (laughs) at it. (laughs) People are like, what is, what are you doing to me? I'm like, I know it's really crazy, but it's spring loaded. So there's little to no impact on any of your joints. You get to Mm -hmm. lay down for a lot of the workout. Um, a lot of people that are injured like it because Mm -hmm. you can still work every part of your body around nearly any injury Mm -hmm. and is it's pretty amazing machine. I'm like, I just tell people, you don't have to do it perfect. You just got to get on and try and you feel the difference even after the first time you do it. Hmm. So can you get in, I mean, this isn't only for people who are suffering through or have had injuries. Mm -hmm. Can you get quite fit doing Pilates, like as opposed to going to the gym and and working out and lifting weights or or something like that? 
Yeah, I definitely think there is a need for all types of fitness, you know, Mm -hmm. cardiovascular, strength, flexibility, and then there needs to be some type of like range of motion, um, mobility release. So Pilates does encompass quite a bit of that. There's Mm -hmm. obviously no weight, but there is resistance training in it. So you can get very, I've had clients lose over a hundred pounds doing Pilates, watching their food, drinking their water, managing Mm -hmm. their stress. Obviously every element of the human body is not just physical. So, you know, there's many things, but yes, you can get into great shape and it's really great for um, (laughs) honestly anybody, but I love seeing clients that have never liked to exercise are like, I kind of like this. This is kind of (laughs) fun. So (laughs) would that, would you say that's a good starting point then for someone who doesn't really like exercise or. Yeah. And you know, with exercise, you really have to enjoy what you're doing or you're not going to continue doing it. So if you can find something you like, like I love to swim, but Uh the annoyance of having to dry my hair every time. It's not <laughs> worth it to me. So I'm like, oh, this feels a lot like swimming to me. There's no impact on your joints. It's very fluid. There's a lot of breathing and you just feel so good when you're done. So what made you take this, take Pilates and run with it and turn it into a business? You know, after I saw the clients I worked with, I worked at a gym for a long time before. And when I started to see the progress that clients were making, with, you know, these 45 to 50 minute sessions, they were happy. Their mood was different. They felt better. Their joint pain was gone. Their back pain was gone. And then they were losing inches on top of it. After a couple of years, I was like, man, there's really a need in this town, you know, cause they would say, oh, I wish it was like this here, or I wish you had this. So to create something that was specific to what people wanted and give them a more private boutique fitness was not a big thing 10 years ago. You know, there wasn't a lot of, there was a lot of big box gyms and this Uh gave people a more personal experience, smaller group of people. And they just, it felt more individualized and people really wanted that personal attention. So I just thought, let's try this. I didn't really know what I was doing in the beginning. You know, I just thought, okay, three years, I can sign this lease. If it doesn't work, you know, I'll go back to, you know, I was a, marriage and family therapist intern. Mm -hmm. So I just finished grad school and I just thought, Oh, I can go back to being work at a group home or do something different if this doesn't work. Well, here we are 10 years later it works. So (laughs) (laughs) yes. And speaking of, of success and it working, you had also, as a result of the success of that opened up a second studio, but then you decided to sell it. How come you decided to sell well, the whole intention of um, opening the second one was to sell it. So okay. I had started it to sell that studio. So, you know, I had a wonderful staff and we were busting at the seams. We could not take in new clients. We couldn't wow. do training. I had wait lists that were too long. So I thought if I open a second studio far enough away, um, we can take some of the people and the load off of Studio V. And then hopefully one of my staff members will want to have their own studio that I uh-huh. can mentor them, help them, and then sell this studio to, and we can all work together. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what's happened. Wow, that's amazing. It's really nice because now my staff has, you know, two studios to work out. Clients mm-hmm. can choose which one works better for them for location, for where they work. So it's really nice that we get to all work together still and kind of help each other out. If something doesn't work at one studio, we push people to another one. Right. Are the two studios far apart or are they fairly close to one another? Well, in Modesto, it's not terribly far apart. Um 
One is in downtown, right mm-hmm. in the heart of Modesto. And then the other one is in going more on the rural side in the north side of Modesto. Okay. So they're at least 15 minutes apart. But, you know, one of the hurdles for people to get in to do exercise is where you work or where you live. Right. And there's a five minute or five mile rule. And if you don't have something within that, you're not going to keep going. <laughs> so so you, do, you, do you typically get cl- your clients bouncing like let's say they're downtown at work or something and they go to the one downtown and then the next day they have off they're they're at home and home is closer to the other gym so they'll go to that one right we do have people who do that um most people like the familiarity of certain instructors and certain you know environments they like that certain machine and that certain spot yeah so people do like the comfort of you know one street but we have a few people that go back and forth for sure no with the current climate that we're dealing with in the world and your studio business, I mean, it, it's obviously been affected to a certain degree. What have you done to pivot and kind of roll with the punches, so to speak, to, to mm-hmm. combat that? Well, we had started a very, very small experiment in 2019 just to create a virtual Pilates program with, it was just a few workouts. So mm-hmm. we had laid the foundation, not knowing what 2020 would bring, obviously, but right. As soon as this came down in March of 2020, we preemptively closed actually, because I wanted to get a jump on recording uh-huh. new workouts for our clients. So okay. both studios closed at the same time. All the staff got together. We had a meeting. We decided we would just film for the next week. So we would have lots and lots of workouts to share. Uh-huh. So we definitely created an on-demand website, which is studiovtv.com. Okay. And now there's hundreds of workouts there. Wow. Um, we set up essentially a production studio with lights, camera, microphones, <laughs> everything within the wow. studio. I wanted to keep my staff employed. So yeah. we would go live every day, multiple times a day on Zoom, Facebook, and Instagram to mm-hmm. keep connected with our clients. We did a lot of creative things. You know, we rented out spin bikes to clients so they could do spin with us from mm-hmm. home. Porch drop-offs for equipment. Uh, wow. We wrote letters to clients. We called every single person. So the staff that I had at that time, nobody wanted unemployment. Everyone worked harder than I think we've ever worked because we had to change everything. I was going to say, that must have been one hell of an undertaking. Oh, you're, my you're, you're dropping off fitness equipment yes. to people's house. That's insane. Yes. We really... We went over and above, and I'll tell you what, that year bonded this team like no other because we all, it was like I opened a new business within two weeks is what yeah. I thought. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So are you guys now currently open fully? We are open, and what we did is we did a slow transition for people so they would feel comfortable. So we offered classes outside in the park. Okay. We still did our virtual on-demand and live classes. Mm -hmm. And then we have a pretty large studio space. So we did offer indoor classes, but we're 10 feet apart. We did temperature checks. We wore masks. You know, we sanitized Mm -hmm. more. I think one thing, gyms will never be cleaner. That is for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It is so clean now. I don't think anybody's going to get anything in that place. So we definitely um, were able to create safe space, however people felt comfortable coming in or out or virtually. And so how has that changed up to this point now where you are now? Are there still more people doing the online thing or are you finding that more people are now feeling a little bit more comfortable and they're coming in to do the, maybe, maybe not indoors, indoors, but maybe the outdoor workouts where they're actually there with people as opposed to virtually. 
I think there are two very specific types of people that like exercise. So I really think people that go to a studio, Mm -hmm. they prefer to be around people. So to ask them to do virtual is a very hard selling point is what we noticed. They're not into it. They want to see people. They There's a social aspect to it. They get away from their family. Sometimes they need an hour break from their yeah. kid. You know, that's their time to de-stress. So if they've got to do it at home now with everybody around, it was very hard for a lot of people. Then there are people who are more introverts who might want to exercise at home and that might feel good to them. These are two very different types of people. So we have actually seen... You know, our clients that are in studio, they wanted to come back as soon as possible. But we also met new people who Mm. like the online workouts and created an additional revenue stream by doing that. That's amazing. What would you say is the most exciting or inspiring part of your business? I really think watching people progress, make changes, and not just physical, but, you know, they're smiling when they walk in. They're not Mm. in pain anymore. All these small wins where it's like, oh my gosh, I was never able to do a plank before. Mm-hmm. Or wow, I just did five push-ups. Any little win like that, the excitement you feel as a human when you progress and you feel successful, it's contagious. And yeah. then it, it affects their families, their work life, their work friends. Mm-hmm. And it's just this huge amount of <laughs> happiness going out into the universe. So I love watching people have success and be yeah, it, it would have an overall effect on their lives mm-hmm. in every aspect, every avenue of their lives it affects, it's, right? It's so true. It's like a rock throwing it into a pond and then it just, that trickle effect is huge. Yeah. Now, you're also a very active member of your community working with locally owned businesses and you sit on multiple boards. Can you tell us a bit about your community and philanthropic work? Yeah, I really, this is a huge passion of mine. And I guess I've always kind of been like this. Um, just trying to fundraise. And I was in another life, you know, I was a development (laughs) director. It feels like we have so many chapters of our lives, right? Like, I'm like, gosh, I used to do this for a living. And I was a development director and, you know, just fundraise. So I definitely keep that in my Every Friday, actually, I go live on Instagram and do a fundraiser for a charity. Oh, um, we cool. try and go with what's going around in the current you know, sphere of the world uh-huh. and then work with local nonprofits. And then I also am the president of Central Valley Professional Exchange, which is a nonprofit here in town that really helps inspire business owners, people that want to open their own businesses. And it's not really an age-associated thing. It's It's been a really cool experience to watch how we've transitioned virtually for a nonprofit. And then I really just try and stay in touch with anybody in town that's doing some kind of philanthropic work, events, fundraising, and I just try and get involved any way I can, donate my time to do fitness for them of any kind. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. That selfless work, it's just giving back. It just oh. gives you an incredible feeling. Yes to know that you've impacted other people's lives and helped other people. So true. So I also, because of your involvement in fitness and your longtime involvement, I assume you're a huge advocate of self-love, body positivity, self-worth and confidence, women's empowerment, all those amazing things. Can you speak a bit about what those things mean to you on a personal level? Absolutely. I think, you know, we, like I was saying, we go through so many chapters of our lives Uh and you know, I'm very tall woman. I'm almost six feet tall. So, you know, there was times when I would get teased so hard just for being different Uh or looking a certain way. You know, my dad is Russian, so I have different features and, you know, kids love to find things that are different about you and tease you about them. So you definitely have to learn about 
yourself. And then you go through chapters where the next chapter is like, oh, wow, look, you've blossomed into this woman, you uh-huh. know, and then you go through the aging process <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, I've really got to learn self-love right now because <laughs> things aren't where they used to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you go through chapters of learning about, you know, people being mean and you still are this amazing person and God, it's good to have people around you like yourself with your kids. I'm sure that you support your, mm-hmm. your children. My parents were very supportive and loving and, you know, very wonderful to me. And I have a great group of friends and I really try and preach that self-love thing, but that's a hard one in this world and the climate that we have. It is for sure. And I mean, I mean, with all the external noise, and then you also got to factor in the the self-limiting beliefs and because of that external noise. So having to deal with both of those things. And I think that the self-limiting beliefs are what's even worse than the external noise. Right. Um, being able to get over those hurdles first mm-hmm. and then tune out the, the white noise, the external noise too. So, and the media and speaking oh. of media, yeah. what are your thoughts on the whole media's portrayal of, self-love and women's empowerment and body positivity. I mean, one could say that the media has kind of really grabbed onto those and used them as buzzwords and, and catchy phrases and, and the in things or the in words to use. Do you think that that's what they're doing? Or do you think that there's real meaning behind how they're using them? Or is it maybe a bit of both? And what are your feelings on that whole movement? You know, I think that there has definitely been a shift Mm -hmm. in acceptance of different body types, different skin colors, you know, normalizing, you know, there's people that are amputees that are Mm -hmm. beautiful. There are, um, you know, skin disorders that now are celebrated. I see so many different types of models now that it Mm -hmm. is exciting to see people with stretch marks in bathing suits being celebrated because 95% of women are going to see that and relate to it. You know, I grew so fast. I have stretch marks. I've never had kids, but I have stretch marks. So, you know, I think every woman's going to be like, oh my God, I want to cover this up. But I want to see if we normalize, you know, different skin types and these things that every woman has, I mean, can't we all just feel more confident in our skin? And I, I do think there's a good shift happening, especially on social media. I will say, I see a lot of accounts now, that are not filtered, that are not edited. And we want to see real, you know, yeah. that is, that is what people want is real. So I don't know if the media, you know, we never really know what they're up to. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> very true. Very I think true. it's a nice shift to be honest. When I see different shapes and sizes, I really appreciate that. I have to say. I think it needs to continue moving forward. I mean, I don't think it's moved quickly enough to where, it is. Um, I think we could be moving much quicker towards that end goal, but at least there is movement, which is good. It's a positive thing, right? Okay. So speaking of empowerment, what does that word mean to you? You know, empowerment is the act of lifting other people up in my mind. So by doing that, we feel elevated as well. So collaboration is one of the best ways to feel empowered. Mm -hmm. And I think of another way of empowering, you know, giving someone power, right? So whenever I have a new friend with me, or I'm in a group of people, and you know, there's always those jitters with your new friend meeting other people, I always Mm -hmm. try and pump the new person up when I introduce them. Mm -hmm. I try and think of who are they going to meet? 
uh, I'm going to introduce them and I'm going to tell them something awesome about this person that they might not want to just shout out at the mountaintops, like, look how great I am. I do these great <laughs> things. You know, we have a hard time doing that. So yeah. whenever I introduce new people into a group, I'm like, oh my gosh, you should see this that she does, or she has this business or whatever. And that immediately takes down any weirdness that you yeah. feel because now you don't have to pump yourself up. You have somebody else doing it for you. And I think you always need a hype person. That's kind a of cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. I love that. I love that you do that. I think it's amazing. We all need to help each other. Like you had mentioned community. I mean, you community is a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. And you just, you cannot lose with community. Everybody wins so and you true. thrive through community room for everybody. And I tell everyone that even if you have a competitor, yeah. there is still room for everybody. There's 300,000 people in this town. Do you think I have room for all of them? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. That's it. I mean, that's that, I think that a big part of that goes back to mindset as well, where, you get stuck in this mindset as an entrepreneur that, oh, you know, competition. And I was stuck in that mindset personally as well. And it took me a good year and a half to get mm. over that and to switch, flip my mindset to where, you know what, I'm not in competition with anybody. There's more than enough work to That's go right. around for all the photographers. Yeah. I My only competition now is me. As long as I can look back and say that I'm improving. That's all that matters. That's my only competition. It's pretty impressive that you did that because I think a lot of people are in that place where they're in the scarcity mindset. Like I've got to keep this to mine. I've got to keep my secrets to me. Mm -hmm. And you really went to an abundant mindset mm -hmm. and that's going to actually draw more people into you when you have that abundant mindset. It, and that's exactly what it did. My whole world opened up. I started yeah. getting more inquiries for bookings. And it just so completely cool. changed. When you change your mindset, your whole world opens up and it changes. I just wish that more people could see that. I mean, like I said, I struggled with it for a year and a half before I was able to shift. But once I did shift, it was an incredible thing. Yeah, that is so cool. It, yeah, it, it was just amazing. Victoria, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? What makes me feel inspired? Well, usually it's after I work out. I feel very inspired. I feel very uh -huh. creative. You know, my brain is fully functioning. The blood is flowing through my body. Um, feeling inspired. Uh, when I see others that are happy and excited, uh -huh. I feel excited. So I always try to be that person, happy and excited, because uh -huh. I know it's going to affect other people and the whole vibe is just so contagious it's really hard for me to have a bad day actually that is like one <laughs> and like because <laughs> i feel like it's a choice when i wake up like yeah. where am i going to be in my mind today what am i focused on we are choosing today to be happy excited and positive and i think that feeling inspired starts with what you think about yeah I love your attitude and your vibe. I just love it. It's amazing. <laughs> it is it is infectious and contagious. I'm I'm smiling. I obviously you can't see, but ear to ear I'm smiling right now talking to you. It's like, yes, this is what it's all about. I love it. Totally. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Hmm. Well, I remember there was one moment that I can come back to that was kind of like, okay, I'm an adult. Like it's time 
to go now. And I had worked. So yeah, <laughs> I had very much been sheltered for a lot of my life. I was very naive, very innocent. I didn't even have my first drink of alcohol till it's 27. So wow. I was very, very sheltered and had no interest in seeing or trying or anything like that. It just right. wasn't thing. So I worked at a high school. I was the development director of private school. Uh-huh. And I remember one of the students um, that I had become close to had committed suicide. Of oh. course, when I got to school in the morning, I knew something was different. Mm-hmm. And as the development director, you plan a lot of events. So they had asked me to plan the funeral for this child. Oh man! So I think at that moment, it was like, it is time to wake up. Yeah. It is time to be here, not with rose-colored glasses anymore, Victoria. This is your time to see the world and reality. It was like, oh my gosh. I I just was in such rose-colored glasses, the best way I can describe my Mm -hmm. life beforehand. And then seeing things, it was time for me to step up and really address myself as an adult and as a woman. And I think at the time I was 25 when that happened. So I think at that point, I learned that um, we choose what we see yeah, and we choose how we handle things and how we're going to be, how we're going to, what decisions are we going to make going forward? I could have just been like, no, I don't want to do this. I want to go back to not acknowledging things. Um, That was definitely one of the biggest, wow, aha, oh my goodness, moments that I could have ever experienced. That's a hell of an experience to cut your teeth on in terms of oh, yeah. pulling off the roll, the rose colored glasses. I mean, Absolutely. having to plan a kid's funeral. Wow. Yes. But I guess it's, it's like throw yourself into the deep end of the water oh, yeah. and, and swim. See right? how you do. Yes. I know <laughs> that's kind of been the way that I am an all or nothing. There's really no kind of in between with me. It's like, okay, we're here and yeah. we have to succeed. And that's the only choice we have. See, I love, I love your attitude. So amazing and so inspiring. <laughs> Victoria, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? First of all, I love superheroes. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like superhero <laughs> fan. <laughs> so when I heard this, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm imagining myself with a big like V on my chest and my hand out and I have a pink cape on or something. Awesome. Duly noted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is an exciting one. Okay, so... I think that consistency has been one of the biggest things that I can say has helped me become who I am always every day doing something to move forward. Even if it's small, Uh I like to call them micro decisions, Uh micro changes. There's nothing big that's happening, but there are little tiny things every single day that now I can say, you know, 22 years later, I'm doing fitness really putting myself into that mindset. You know, just recently I was recruited and hired by a global fitness company to come teach for them online. Wow. So that's awesome. When I think back of 22 years, you've been teaching and you've been doing something every single day Mm -hmm. to progress you to this level. It really makes me think consistency is one of the most important attributes to success. For sure. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Speaking of success, how do you define that word success? What does that word mean to you? It's a really good question because I think a lot of people define it on how much money do you make? Yes. You know, these kinds of things. And I don't think that that has anything to do with success. I think it is if you wake up in the morning and you feel happy with uh-huh. your life, your career, uh-huh. that really defines your success. 
Very well said. Mm-hmm. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? You know, I can think of big moments, you know, opening my studio is 29 mm-hmm. when I open this mm-hmm. and then hitting 10 years this year. Those are two huge milestones that I just cannot even believe that are happening. Um, being recruited by this <laughs> billion dollar yeah. company and asked to come teach for them was huge. Those three things have to be in my top 10 moments of greatest wins, feeling like, wow, you have accomplished something. Mm-hmm. You have done what you set out to do and you're, you're on your life path and you know yeah. it. So I think knowing that you're on your path is such a win all in itself. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, finding your purpose and your mission in life is the most incredible thing. I mean, you think about the millions of people in the world or billions for that matter that never find their purpose in life or their mission in life and go through life going to a job they hate and they despise getting up and going to in the morning. But to be able to find your purpose and then, of course, like you and, and myself included, when that purpose impacts and gives back to other people that's like winning the lottery twice there is no better feeling in the world you really cannot stop that energy either other people want to be around you other people want to talk to you they want to you know they want to feel what you're feeling Mm -hmm. and then people make changes when they're around you because they want to feel what you're feeling and they see how great you are feeling on your path so other people start altering their lives because of you It's amazing. It's just, it's this whole domino or ripple effect when, and I guess that's a big part of why they say surround yourself with like-minded people, right? Oh, absolutely. Or people that inspire you, people that are better than you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? You know, I think a turning point for me is realizing, you know, I can't make anyone else happy. And certain lessons in my life have taught me that I can't rescue other people. That's a, that's one of my things that I had to really learn about myself is I wanted to just help everybody. And then you end up putting yourself at the very bottom of your self care list and not even taking care of yourself. So um, I had a situation when I was in my early years of the studio, I had a friend that worked with me and, you know, there was some betrayal that happened there. And I really had to learn you are your best friend Uh And you really have to trust yourself. Any of those gut feelings you get, you really got to listen to them Uh and not push them away. So I am my number one fan. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to trust my inner instincts. Yeah. And I've just got to know I cannot rescue other people. I have got to be there for myself. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you, you can't, you cannot make other people happy. You cannot provide their happiness. They have to find that themselves. I mean, you can be there and listen to other people, but that's that's about as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be a cheerleader for people, but as far as making right. them happy, you can't. Right. It's impossible. Really cannot. Mm-hmm. What is one of the best pieces of advice you ever received? I think this is a quote also, but I remember someone telling me, if you're just going to wait until everything is perfect to do something, you're never going to do it. and it's so true because I'm obviously type a and recovering perfectionist, you know, on every level. Yeah. I really try not to be, because it's like, I just need to let it go. Like it's not that big of a deal. No one notices, but me. (laughs) Um, But I think that you just have to start, 
you just have to start like one foot in front of mm-hmm. the other. Even if it's like I said, micro change, yeah. something small. If you don't just start, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And nothing is ever going to be perfect enough to actually start something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you would agree. I think that's a big problem for people wanting to get into entrepreneurship, but not doing it because it's not the right time or Mm -hmm. there never will be a right time ever. And you can make every excuse you want. You know what I'm saying? The the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is you get to learn lessons as you go and you are going to fail along the way. You're going to make mistakes and that's expected. So Mm -hmm. when you start thinking like that, like, Oh, well I am going to fall on my face. Oh, Okay, well, let's go and let's start, let's get that falling on the face over with. Yeah. Well, as long as you get back up after you fall, really? you're going to fall more than once. It's Absolutely. it's a, a constant learning journey. You oh, that's wow. life. It's so true, and you're going to get better as time goes yes. on, and your mistakes will get less frequent. Yep. Like it's just going to be amazing once you get going. Absolutely. There is no better feeling than than being self employed and working for yourself. It's I don't think I could ever go back to working for someone else. It'd be hard. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, obviously if you had to, I would, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's an amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. So speaking of quotes, what is one of your favorite quotes? Gosh, I don't even know who said it because I mean, besides my mom, like sit up straight. That's not, (laughs) but that really did help me like, you know, have good posture and comfort. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I don't know who said that quote, but it's something along the lines of, if you wait for everything to be perfect, mm-hmm. you're never going to start. Okay. I'll have to look that up. Who said that? It's a great one. Yes. What do you think is the most common reason for people failing or giving up? Failure. I feel like that's normal. So giving up in general, mm. um, you know, support system really matters. Who's around you, who's in your ear. And are people telling you, you can actually do it? Or are they saying, well, you're never going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for me, if people would tell me like, you can never do that. I would try harder, just to show them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that yeah. was my personality. But I think the support system around you matters because that trickles into your own daily thoughts. Mm-hmm. What do you think about yourself? Do you think you can succeed? Or do you think you're going to fail? Because a lot of it is self-fulfilling prophecies, right? If we fail or give up, it's because our thoughts have gotten the best of us. And we've been thinking about failure. You know, whatever you think about, you draw in. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about failure, what do you think is going to (laughs) happen? Whether, what do they say? Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So true. And I mean, that's the simplest saying, but if you're thinking about what success looks like, and what it's going to look like when you're there and like imagining how it feels to actually be there in that moment that you've mm-hmm. achieved what you want is one of the most powerful positive thinking tools you can have. 100%. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? I think it would be in heaven pointing down at me saying, you got this girl. And then the whole <laughs> world can see it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. We're going to do a little rapid fire section here. So a few word answers. Um, How would you describe yourself in one word? Driven. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their eyes. 
What is your personal motto? Just keep going. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Your life is many chapters. What's this one going to be? <laughs> if you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Artichoke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know. Wow. I love them. I could eat those things every day. Apparently. <laughs> They're so good. Oh. <laughs> You're going to go have some artichoke after this, aren't you? True. <laughs> if you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Be careful what you wish for. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Time. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? You know, it could be almost any Mariah Carey song because I get like the vibes from her. But like there's a song, it's called Fantasy. And it just has this like uh, powerful woman like feeling to it. Uh Okay. Mm -hmm. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Oh, man, the hate. Any, Any and all of hate that's happening or has happened, if I could take that out. It would be amazing. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Just human kindness and equality. Human kindness. I, you know, it makes it, it, it's crazy. Every time I think about this and I mm-hmm. ask this question, I, I just, I cannot understand why this concept is so hard to grasp. It's just, you have to think about people like their lineage to who raised them, what Mm -hmm. culture are they in and what kind of support system that they have. They might never have been shown kindness. They don't know how to do it. And it's just such a massive issue with learning to be kind. It is. It's really, it's, it blows my mind when I'm like, what is happening? Why are we treating each other like this? Mm -hmm. Imagine how amazing the world would be. If we were uh, kind to one another. Oh my goodness. What a wonderful place. Yeah. Entrepreneur life is? Being flexible and creative at all times. <laughs> my favorite way to unwind is? Wine, napping, reading. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of reading, the last book or podcast I listened to or read was? So I just bought the this book called Aging Successfully. It's by a neuroscientist. I just started that and I just about finished the Mariah Carey biography. I think her story of resiliency is amazing. Okay. Okay, the rapid fire section, we are complete. What is the most recent investment you've made in yourself, Victoria? I'm going to give you two things because... Okay. One of them is aesthetically and I got Invisalign. It's like okay. this clear braces thing. And mm-hmm. you know, I had some, I've never had braces before and my teeth had some crowding. So that was a big investment aesthetically mm-hmm. for myself. And then I did a little bit more on the education side with my Pilates mentor. And I've been diving deeper just into learning more about the human body as much mm-hmm. as I can. You know, there's always something to learn. Always. We're always learning. And as long as we keep doing mm-hmm. that. You're set. What is one of your biggest failures or life lessons, if we shall call it? uh, And what did you learn from it? This has to do with business mostly, just Mm -hmm. not hiring your best friends. It's not (laughs) a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) And learning that friends are friends, Mm -hmm. coworkers are coworkers, and not to misinterpret. When you're the boss, you have to keep things separate. Uh Um, so keep your friends outside your business, keep your employees within your business and 
that really has helped a lot. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? You know, I don't know about this question because I feel like you have asked me a lot of things. <laughs> I feel like you <laughs> have a very good interview list. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I'm like, man, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> thank you. If you could sit down and have a one-hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Well, this isn't going to be a celebrity, obviously. Obviously. Um, well, we know yeah. that. <laughs> That's a given. Right. <laughs> Um, I think it'd be my grandmother because she passed when I was 17. And now that I'm, you know, almost 40, I would love to have an adult conversation with her mm-hmm. just about her life. And I, she was such an inspiring, strong woman to me back when I was a kid and a teenager that, man, I'd love to have one hour to just talk to her about life as it is now. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Would an hour really be enough though? No. Probably not. Oh, I would do anything for that though. Yeah. If you could go back, Victoria, and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Any fear you have, it's not real. And you're going to accomplish things you can only dream of regardless of your fear. So let go of the fear of letting other people down. And don't worry about what anyone else thinks when you do something that makes you happy. Awesome. What other people think of you is none of your business. True. I love it. fear is, is such a huge four letter word. Mm-hmm. It, it prevents so many people from doing so many things. So true. Lastly, Victoria, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? The next chapter of your life is about to start. You're holding the only pen to dictate that script. You could do anything you write down. So think big and write it down. It's all very possible. Thanks for having me. And I know you can do this. I believe in you even when you don't. That's awesome. I love it, Victoria. (laughs) Thank you so very much for being here today and for sharing a bit about your story and your journey. You are honestly a true inspiration. Like I said, I've been smiling ear to ear through the whole interview and I so appreciate you. It lasts for days and days of this happiness and feeling good. It's amazing. I I appreciate you. And it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for making the time and for being part of the Empowerography community. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Victoria Popoff. She is the founder of Studio V Pilates and Fitness based in Modesto, California. Thank you so much, Victoria. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.